Because Joe Biden masquerades as a Catholic, I'm going to use his name. Joe Biden embraces teachings that are absolutely and fundamentally opposed to the priorities of our church to protect life, to protect the sanctity and the holiness of marriage. He is, in some respects, an embarrassment to Catholicism. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth, and that you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, why are you testing me, you hypocrite? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him a Roman coin. He said to them, whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. the gospel of the Lord. So the punchline, obviously, of the gospel today is repay, or in some translations, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. So, to whom does your soul belong? I would hope to God. I am going to do my best to be clear today. And I don't want to throw stones and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I don't want anybody to argue with me, but I understand that's possible too. I don't want to be complimented and I don't want anybody to walk out, but I'm going to be clear. Jesus Christ was crucified for telling the truth. You think about that for a moment. Station number one of the Stations of the Cross begins with Jesus on trial. And he's on trial essentially for telling the truth. It's a very practical question. Is it lawful to pay taxes to a corrupt government? Because the government of the Roman Empire was corrupt and it was actually and actively persecuting the Jewish nation. My brothers and sisters, repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. 
St. Paul says so succinctly and so beautifully, our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens here of the nation in which, to which we belong, the United States of America, or to whatever nation that we might happen to belong. And Peter, in one of his letters, 1 Peter chapter 2 says that we should, quote, be subject or be subordinate to every human institution for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king or to governors. So we have a responsibility to be good citizens too, don't we? And I think that's what's written into this admonition that our Lord gives us to pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and pay to God what belongs to God. So we have a coin presented to Jesus with an image of a person on it. And Jesus asked this question, whose image is on that coin? And what was the answer? Caesar's. But whose image is Caesar made in? We're all made in who? In the image and likeness of God, aren't we? That is our dignity that we share in the image and likeness of God. And that is such a beautiful gift that we must recognize in ourselves and in Caesar and in everybody else. Something that floats to the surface in the gospel today is that there are two powers in the world. There is earthly power and there is heavenly power. And we owe our first allegiance to heavenly power but we do have a certain allegiance to the earthly powers. To understand today's gospel, it will be helpful to understand it a little bit in context. The beginning line is the Pharisees went off. Went off from where? Remember last Sunday, some of you hopefully remember last Sunday, we were at a wedding feast, remember that? And Jesus insulted them and he was very clear in that you know, description of being thrown outside where there'll be gnashing of teeth if you don't have your wedding garment on, you remember that? So after that encounter with Jesus, the Pharisees went off and plotted, how are we going to entrap him? And so they're thinking of a way, how are we going to muddle up Jesus? How are we going to slow him down? How are we going to confuse him? How are we going to trap him? How are we going to turn public opinion against him? That's their plan. You wouldn't know this unless you really studied the scriptures and, and the different groups of characters in the story that we just heard. It says that the Pharisee, the Pharisees, sent their disciples to Jesus with the Herodians. So we have two groups there, Pharisees and Herodians. How did the Pharisees and the Herodians get along? They didn't. They didn't like each other. They had very different political understandings. The Herodians, by their very name, supported King Herod. King Herod was a puppet of the Roman Empire. So the Herodians were in the hip pocket of the Roman Empire. The Pharisees, on the other hand, were against the Roman Empire completely. But they cooperated with each other in this moment to go try to trap who? 
to trap Jesus. And how were they gonna try to trap him? They were gonna try to entangle him in a political mess. That was their plan. And I have remarked many times, every Easter season, every, every uh, Lenten season, that it took the cooperation of the Herodians and the Pharisees and the Roman Empire all together to crucify Jesus. They couldn't work together on anything, but they found the spirit to work together on that. Now, what spirit might that have been that got them to cooperate like that? Yeah, that's the evil spirit. Have we recognized that we're in a battle against evil and that we have a very wily enemy that seeks to trip us up and entrap us? It's a constant reality. So the Herodians and the Pharisees come together to go to Jesus to entrap him. It would be kind of like the Republicans and the Democrats coming together to entrap Jesus. And so they flatter him. Flattery. Anybody here ever been flattered? <laughs> Try to want something from you so they flatter you. So there's Jesus. Teacher, we know you are a truthful man. And you teach the truth of God in accordance with uh, the truth and that you're not concerned about people's opinion. And so they flatter him with these lies. They care nothing about the truth. They want what they want and they want him condemned. Tell us, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax or not? So Jesus in his style, you know, Jesus is sometimes maybe by some people considered to be a nice guy. Well, he wasn't a nice guy. Jesus went around stepping on people's toes, insulting people, telling the truth in a way that was really bold and sometimes difficult to hear. And as I have stood here in front of this congregation on a number of occasions said, break open the gospels and read them for yourself as if you've never heard of Jesus and you will meet in there a bold man who looks people in the eye and says, you hypocrite. This is why they didn't like him. This is why they wanted to entrap him. So he says, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin. And then you heard the story, whose image is on it? Whose inscription? Caesar's, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Jesus would have none of their political entanglements. They weren't seeking any solutions. They were seeking to trip him up. He saw this, he, they saw this political question as a way to trap Jesus into a political debate and get at least some people against him. So they ask, is it lawful to pay the census tax or not? You know, Jesus didn't come to get into politics. Did he? He came for the salvation of what? Of souls. He came for the salvation of souls and to establish his own kingdom. A heavenly kingdom and an earthly kingdom. Anybody here ever prayed thy kingdom come? So Jesus is a king and he stands above the political fray of his day and he invites people into his kingdom. Now, we live in a time of unfortunate and very deep division. 
as a counselor, as a priest, as a confessor. I hear people's confessions. I hear people's angst. I hear people's broken hearts. And I hear it on both sides of the political divide. Trust me, I hear it from every direction. And, and I empathize and I can sympathize that we live in a difficult day. You know, St. Paul says this, woe to me if I don't preach the truth. And I say the same thing, woe to me if I don't teach and preach the truth. We have to find the way to go above the political squabbling of the world and come to our Christian principles. And I'm gonna highlight three Christian principles today that are preeminent. These are the preeminent. These are, according to the bishops of the United States, according to the history of the church, according to just even the constitution to some degree, these are the three moral issues that are not political issues first and foremost, three moral issues that stand above the others. Life, marriage, and our freedom of religion. The environment is important, immigration is important, taxes are important, education is important, poverty is important, but without life, none of those things even exists. Because Joe Biden masquerades as a Catholic, I'm gonna use his name. Joe Biden embraces teachings that are absolutely and fundamentally opposed to the priorities of our church to protect life, to protect the sanctity and the holiness of marriage. He is, in some respects, an embarrassment to Catholicism. He is pro-abortion for any reason or for no reason at all. There is an amendment that is written to protect your federal tax dollars, the money that you give to Caesar, that protects that money from paying directly for abortion. It's called the Hyde Amendment. Joe Biden actively wants to repeal that amendment. You know, we have at least some say in what happens to our money that we give to Caesar, don't we? Not much of a say, it seems at times, but we have at least some say in what happens to our money. There was a bill that was proposed that babies that survive the abortion process, there is a living human being in the operating room alive. There was an amendment that said that if a child survives abortion, that it must be given medical care. Joe Biden doesn't support that. He opposes the teachings of the Catholic Church. This isn't political, this is moral, this is religion, this is our faith. What is a marriage anyway? A marriage is a union of one man and one woman. How does a person get married? I had a wedding here yesterday, right here on the altar. And I explained to couples that they're only halfway married when we're done with them at the church. They're halfway married. 
they have one more step to go before they're completely married. What is the final step in making a marriage? It's called the consummation. Okay, how do you consummate a homosexual marriage? How is that even possible? If you attempted it, it would be called the sin of sodomy, which is one of the sins that cries out to God for vengeance, according to the clear teachings of the Catholic Church. I fear that Joe Biden has had bad shepherds, bad teachers. Maybe Cardinal McCarrick was his cardinal or priest. But the reality is he's missed fundamental Catholic teachings along the way, and he's not alone. Each one of us is going to stand before Almighty God and give an accounting of ourselves. Religious liberty. We have today the ability to refrain from the performance of abortions and those kind of things. It's called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act or healthcare workers who decline to participate in abortion and other things that they find morally objectionable are protected legally. He wants to repeal that. My brothers and sisters, this is the way evil works. It's not just let me be, you must approve of what I do. Last week, I stood up here in front of this church and I was brokenhearted at the state of Catholicism. And I'm still brokenhearted at the state of Catholicism. I will die brokenhearted at the state of the church. I'm afraid. And I think that we live in a world that uh, is this real fundamental and deep uh, battle. And it's not a battle over the coin that belongs to Caesar. It's a battle over our soul. And Jesus Christ established a church not to fix the political problems of the world, but to do what? To teach the truth and to save souls. My brothers and sisters, your life is precious. Do you agree with me? Your life is precious. And if your life is precious, then what? Every human life is precious. Does our law teach that? It should. The word patriotism comes from pater, and pater means father. We have a responsibility to be patriots. It's part of the fourth commandment. The fourth commandment is honor your father and your mother. When we think about honoring our father and our mother, that includes being good citizens of our nation. Does that make sense to you? That we have authorities that are above us and that we have to be responsible citizens? My brothers, my sisters in Christ, I don't get too excited about the RNC or the DNC or the NRA or the ACLU or about any of those things. They're all passing. They're all temporary. 
I am a citizen of the kingdom of Almighty God, and I find myself a temporary citizen of the United States of America. I want to be a good citizen of the United States of America, but I am first and foremost a citizen of the kingdom of Almighty God, and I want to abide by the laws of the kingdom of Almighty God, and I want to stand up for them, and if I were going to run for political office, I would want the, the most important things in my life to flow out of me into the, the lives and the, and the well-being of others? It's a very practical question that Jesus answers today. Is it lawful to pay taxes to a government that we don't agree with? And the answer to that question is yes, we do. Yes, we can pay our taxes, but we owe a greater loyalty to Almighty God. In the Roman Empire, one way they found to persecute the Christians was this, something very simple. They would say, you can worship your Jesus, you can go to mass, you can do the sacraments, you can do all of those things, but just come over here and take some of this incense and burn it to this pagan idol. If you do that, we'll leave you alone. Are we allowed to burn incense to pagan idols? We're not. We are not. There's nobody asking us to burn incense to pagan idols, but there are people asking us to approve of same-sex marriage, to approve of abortion, to approve of the stripping away of our religious freedoms. My brothers and sisters, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. And God is first. We are citizens of a kingdom first and foremost. And that is a kingdom of God, that is a kingdom of life, that is a kingdom of freedom.